Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. With divided government, what are the political realities? The president is increasingly frustrated. I want to try to cut through the noise. Politically, this is devastating. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. It is no secret that I care a lot about the consumers. There are real questions about big tech. We still have more leverage to use with the tariffs. I think we could do with a little less drama from the White House. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM. HD2 Baltimore. Happy Monday, folks. Fuxatoni Phil is a liar. It is freezing cold out and a ton of news to get through today. The Boeing investigation into the 737 MAX is continuing. We will get into the fallout for that. Elsewhere, President Trump finds himself in a political feud with GM. His latest Twitter tirade just a couple of days before he's headed to hold a campaign-style event in Ohio. This after GM shuts down their Lordstown plant, impacting more than 10,000 workers. Coming up on the program, we will hear from Congressman Tim Ryan, a Democrat from Ohio. He is in Ohio on the ground, and he's going to tell us what he's hearing ahead of President Trump's visit to his region, as well as what he's hearing from union workers. UAW, United Auto Workers, locked in a tit-for-tat with President Trump, with General Motors. And where is Mary Barra, the CEO, in all of this? We're going to find out. Plus, the 2020 fodder fodder continues. We've got an all-star panel to help navigate through these headlines. Emily Tish Sussman is the former vice president of campaigns for the Center for American Progress. She's also a Democratic strategist, former staffer on the 08 Obama campaign. Terry Sullivan, founding partner at Firehouse Strategies PR firm, a former Rubio presidential campaign manager back in 2016. We've got much more to talk about the 2020 race and Beto O'Rourke's launch, as well as Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. We'll get into that coming up later on in the program. But, Emily, did you hear what happened at General Motors? They woke up, uh, the GM woke up to another lambasting from President Trump on Twitter. It comes essentially as the president is going to be headed to Ohio on Wednesday. We're going to hear from Congressman Tim Ryan, a Democrat from Ohio, uh, coming up later on in the program. But GM versus President Trump in battleground political state all over the shutting down of their Lordstown, Ohio plant. What do you make of all this? Um, I feel like everything we see come from President Trump, which is a lot. 
because I'm doing a lot of tweeting. But I feel like there's two prisms that you can look through. One is what is he defending that has to do with himself? Like he is always at the center of everything. And in this case, I would put it in that camp, which is that, you know, he promised he would talk, bring back jobs. He promised he would open, keep plants open, even bring them back about manufacturing. Right. So this goes to the core of what he ran on and how he views himself. The other camp I would put most of his communications in is what is he distracting from? So, you know, we do hear more and more that the Mueller report may be coming down. So that would be the other thing I'm looking to. But I actually think put this more in the camp of it, it, it offends his own version of himself as the president. You know, I'll be honest about this. I, I spoke with Dave Green. He's uh, one of the leaders at the United Auto Workers just a, a, an hour and a half ago. And, and we're going to be hearing from him tomorrow. Uh, and, and he's locked in the middle, Terry, of this, in, this battle brewing between Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors, who, by the way, is facing criticism not just from President Trump, not just from the likes of Senator Rob Portman, a Republican, but also from Senator Sherrod Brown and other Democrats who are completely frustrated at at why there was a lack of communication in terms of the pipeline uh, between politicians there in Ohio and and lawmakers. But essentially what what he was telling me uh, just an hour and a half ago was this is This is getting way too public because the negotiations between a GM as well as the union workers, yes, they were escalating and there's always a public element to it. But now to pour this political fire fuel over it is, you know, maybe where where does it go from here? Well, look, it's this is where we're at Uh, in in year 2019. Every CEO is now a candidate. Their, their company is now a campaign. They're, the consumers are now voters that vote with their pocketbook about the, the, I, the social, I guess, position in many cases of a company or their business uh, practices. And so we don't just see everything from the NFL to Pepsi to you name it. Nike, everybody who is a corporation is thrust into a different space now where they're, they have to defend themselves in a different way. I think we'd be hard-pressed to find a situation where Trump entering the fray and commenting on it had made it better or, like, took down the temperature around the debate. But, well, I mean, but but to your point, I mean, especially now when we read these quarterly earnings reports, whether particularly in the auto sector, where you start to see a lot of these uh, companies who are, are listing the president's trade policies as as a hindrance in terms of R&D, in terms of uh, how they're going to be in, in investing in terms of their long-term strategies. What's interesting and fascinating about this is that, okay, that's the policy angle, but the political angle is that Senator Sherrod Brown, who feels like the only senator not running for president as a Democrat, but he carried that state by 22 percentage points. So you have that and the policy which President Trump said was really going to be for these union workers now this is like the perfect illustration at the cusp of the 2020 cycle. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the, the specifics they're talking about in that situation are they're making a GM's making a crappy car that nobody wanted to buy, so they stopped buying it and they're stopping making the car, or maybe they're they're moving. Well, and they forecasted it in the first quarter of last year. Right, and so it, this is not this is uh, you know consumerism 101. I mean, if people aren't buying the car; they're going to stop making it, and the people who made the car are out of work. So how do you sell that? I mean, not, not, not sell the Chevy Cruze, but how do you sell that? <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> I want to hear Listen, that. For the record, I have nothing against, uh, you know, I actually don't know. I just, never mind. I'm not going there. Christine Barada, I'm going to stay on message. Uh, how, do you, how do you take that message of artificial intelligence on the rise of, you know, the, the entire auto sector shifting and changing and, you know, the rise of, of peer-to-peer programs and whatnot, 
and and go into a town like Youngstown, Ohio, which, look, Terry, you're a Republican. Emily, you're a Democrat. But both of you know this. Youngstown, Ohio, you cannot carry the state of Ohio without performing well uh, in, in the place like Youngstown, which is you know, filled with voters who voted for Obama and then maybe potentially voted for Trump, those types of voters. Uh, towns like where I grew up outside of Philadelphia. So how how do you convey that message as a politician that, hey, that plant shut down not because of a politician, but because of a changing economy? Well, that I think is the challenge for every candidate. And they have to be able to talk about a gig economy. They have to be able to talk about automation. They have to be able to talk about an economy of the future and where people see themselves in it. I actually feel very strongly that Democrats who want to be the candidate in 2020 should be running on a positive vision and not attacking Trump. The contrast will exist, but they have to be able to show something that is specific. A lot of what we're hearing from reporters who are on the ground in the Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina town halls is that the candidates want, the, the voters want something specific. And they're not hearing it with the exception of a handful. And you might not like the specifics that they're giving it, but I mean, Senator Elizabeth Warren, you know what she stands for. Senator Bernie Sanders, you know what she stands for. Former Vice President Joe Biden, should he get any, has a record. Uh, Senator Cory Booker has a record. So it's going to be interesting when the political gloves start to come off to see if there's meat and potatoes, for lack of a better term, on uh, on on some of these candidates. But, but Terry... To, to the point that Emily just made, especially in terms of how do you make that case to voters? You know, we've had some folks on from Justice Democrats on in recent weeks, and, and we were asking them, you know, to take off the political hat for a second. But when you make the case for something like a Green New Deal, that is a very tangible, tangible item when you go into West Virginia or you go to a refinery. Right. I mean, this is your livelihood. So how do you get away from the talking points? Allah in Youngstown and say, this is a shifting economy and here's how we can replace your livelihood. Yeah, it, look, it's it's tough. I mean, you see that with the coal industry. Uh, you see that with, with manufacturing across the board. And, and and look, when Democrats do things like support the Green New Deal, it's, it's just absurd on, on the surface. They're not helping themselves. They uh, it, it, The one real gift I think that Donald Trump has is drawing his opponents off sides and making them do stupid things. And frankly, you know, if the, why the Democrats decided that that was something they needed to do, because it just plays right into Trump's hands in a place like Youngstown, Ohio. All right, coming up, we've got more business fall. It really has been a business-centric past week. Uh, the more fallout for General Motors, we're going to check in with Congressman Tim Ryan, a Democrat from Ohio. Uh, he's the go-to politician in that region, uh, just ahead of President Trump's visit on Wednesday. Plus, Big tech in uh, under siege, really. I mean, this this horrific tragedy at New Zealand, uh, what it means for big tech companies like Facebook and Google, uh, Instagram and whatnot. And of course, the latest on Boeing. Emily Tish Sussman stays. Terry Sullivan stays. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. We're talking about General Motors. President Trump is scheduled to be in Ohio later this week. Coming up, we're going to hear from Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio. He's calling in. Lawmakers are on recess to talk about General Motors. Uh, President Trump tweeting about GM 
earlier today lambasting GM for shutting down that Lordstown, Ohio plant, uh, putting thousands of workers uh, out of a job. Meanwhile, it's, it's more fallout for Boeing, which seems to have been much more transparent uh, in the past week in terms of their investigation and how things are developing following those two tragic, tragic tragic uh, crashes involving the Boeing Company 737 MAX family. Uh, they're still grounded, those planes. Uh, according to some some public reporting, as well as some lawmakers that I've spoken with, could be really until mid-April, until those uh, planes are up and rolling. Obviously, folks want to see that them safely get off the ground uh, earlier than that. A lot of pressure from international regulators now looking into how the international regulatory regime trains their pilots. Remember that pilots in other countries and airlines in other countries, their regulations are stipulated by the overseeing country and whatnot. So a lot of questions, not just for Boeing, uh, not just for the FAA, but also for international uh, regulators as well. And, and of course, everyone just wants to understand what precisely happened so that it doesn't happen again. And then meanwhile, if all of that you know, wasn't enough, You've got big tech now suddenly under scrutiny. Facebook, Google, Instagram, 17 minutes. That's my number of the day. 17 minutes was how long the horrific tragedy in New Zealand at the mosque was broadcast. Broadcast is the accurate word on the on Facebook as a social media platform. Here to walk us through all of these stories, Emily Tish Sussman. She's former vice president of campaigns for the Center for American Progress a Democratic strategist and former staffer of the 2008 Obama campaign. Terry Sullivan is founding partner at Firehouse Strategies Public Relations Firm. He's also the former presidential campaign manager back in 2016 to Senator Marco Rubio. He's worked on like a million, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, a million uh, campaigns. Um, Terry, I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, th th when, when you look at now, it, it feels like every time there's a tragedy, whether it's domestic terrorism, whether it's international terrorism, these social media platforms, which are so influential, are increasingly under a microscope. Facebook has come out publicly and said that they were alerted by New Zealand authorities, uh, police, uh, and that's what triggered them to be able to try to take this content down. They've all scrubbed it, or they've tried to, but it still lingers on the internet. Bottom line, from a purely policy standpoint, what will it take for social media companies to really get it? Yeah, look, I think they're in an impossible position because, you know, in a situation like this, you're like, well, how could you let that go on? You know, this is, you know, what were you doing? And then you turn around and then they get they get hit because they are uh, uh, pulling things down. And they're, I mean, uh, this is obviously something that shouldn't have been on the air, but th 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 at every turn, they're either too critical, they're doing enough, they're not doing enough, and they say, well, look, let's let the algorithms do it because that'll catch all this stuff, and then the algorithms have bias in them. I think it's really tough. They're in a no-win uh, position here. It does feel like at what point do we start talking about them as public utilities? Like, if they're trying to be the platform for everything and they're trying to be, like, the all-connector and the place for information and the place for community building, um, then at what point do we start to treat them that way? It is hard because, I mean, it's not just like, you know, water or electricity or things that are like a little bit more objective. It does involve people's actual, you know, the the personality and preferences that builds into the bias. But it does feel right. like we have to move in that direction. Well, I, it, it may to you, but I think there's a lot of people that would disagree from that standpoint that, I mean, look, I mean, 
you know, in a large sense, they are uh, how people get their information now. They're, they are the news media in the most raw form. So when do we make the, the media become a public utility? I mean, there's awful well, things on TV. Well, right. But, but I think, I think what's, what's fascinating to both of your points is that, and Terry just said, it, people get their news from social media. And so these are platforms. These are channels. I mean, the, the appropriate word is that live stream is a broadcast. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I reached out to a senior staffer, to Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, uh, of course, the top Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee. And, and Senator Warner had put out this statement that said, quote, the rapid and wide scale dissemination of this hateful content live streamed on Facebook, uploaded on YouTube and amplified on Reddit shows how easily the largest platforms can still be misused. It's ever clearer that YouTube in particular has yet to grapple with the role it has played in facilitating radicalization and recruitment. Recruitment, Emily, is what gives me chills, is how these American-based companies, the crown jewels, as Larry Kudlow frequently refers to them over at the White House, which have done enormous, brought about enormous cultural change in the U.S., but to think, I mean, and you hear this in their public interviews, these CEOs, executives, how could they have known when they started this in, a, what was it, Harvard for Facebook, Harvard dorm room, that it would be used for, for terrorism recruitment? And that's where we are now. Right. I mean, that really is. It's it, not just recruitment, but also uh, the information about, you know, how to, how to um, like a how-to guide on, you know, whether it's weapons, whether it's. I mean, it's it's truly horrifying. You know, if if their goal is to create and solidify community, which I, I can extrapolate out from their founding story, that was the way they, well, I guess hot or not was a different one, but whatever. You know, I mean, if their if their goal is to you know create community, they found a com you know they created a community right. for terrorists. Yeah, right. I, I was gonna say I think this is has less to do with with the platform. And more to do with our culture. Yeah. What the hell's happening? We're going to come back to this because there's much more to talk about on social media, big tech, General Motors, and Boeing. Coming up, Congressman Tim Ryan. He is the politician caught in the middle of the GM plant. He's calling in from his uh, Youngstown, Ohio, congressional district. Panel stays. Emily Tish Sussman, Terry Sullivan. You can download the Sound On podcast on iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us, as well as my colleagues, on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You are listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. It's cold out there, folks, but Monday is over. 
And we're talking a lot today about where else? Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Emily Tish-Sussman, former Vice President of Campaigns for the Center for American Progress. She's a Democratic strategist and former staffer on the 2008 Obama campaign. Uh, Terry Sullivan is founding partner at Firehouse Strategies Public Relations uh, Firm. He's the former Rubio presidential campaign manager in 2016. And Emily, you and I were talking uh, in the break about whether or not Congressman Ryan might recalculate his political calculus and, and jump into the race as a result of all of this. What do you think? I think definitely. he um, He's definitely been putting feelers out as to whether or not he would be a candidate, uh, a presidential candidate in 2020. Um, you know, been talking with people, gathering their opinions. I have to imagine with Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio not running, that changes calculation and makes him more likely to run. Um, and this really? really puts him Why in the center. So? We really split Democrats in Ohio. Um, Senator Sherrod Brown is so beloved all over the state that I think it would make it hard for him. They're kind of they would run in sort of a, uh, a similar lane, um, but you know if, if he can really show that he has like very serious grassroots support in Youngstown, it could really cut to the heart of the the image that Trump paints of himself. Well, and, and Terry, it would put him. I mean, you know this. I mean, you know Ohio better than anyone. I mean, it would put him really from a grassroots situation aligned with union workers, but he'd have to go after the same vote as, as the former Vice President Joe Biden, no? Well, look, that, exactly. But I think that that's the path to victory for Democrats. It's just, can any of those candidates make it out of their crazy primary? You know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's, a le- it's a race to the left over a cliff on, you know, reparations for slavery, health care for all, Green New Deal, and a unicorn riding, you know, in with it but, all. But do you think, it, nothing against unicorns, do you think <laughs> that it's against... I'm pro-unicorn. Right. You know, That's my stand. Right. You know, like, first, I mean, well, another show. Um, <laughs> do you think that, that, do you really think it is a race? I mean, it, 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 like, in Iowa, for example, uh, is it really a race to the left? I mean, we hear that in terms of the progressive base, but if you go to upstate New Hampshire... No, I agree. I, I, I absolutely agree. But I think the dynamics of the race uh, are a little bit different this time because, it, I mean, we're seeing how it's, they're running to the left. They all embrace the Green New Deal. and Which no one knows what the Green New Deal is, by the way. It's like principles. Right. What, like, okay, Emily, as a Democrat, <laughs> right, explain right, right. what does that mean? Seriously, what, what specifically is the Green New Deal? Right. So it's not specific legislation. It's principles on the fact that we need to be rethinking, to be proactive on climate change and thinking about creating jobs in that sector, which I actually think a lot of people are for, sorry, not in that sector, but in particular sectors that would, uh, that could boom in a new economy. And I think that a lot of people are actually for that. Well, yeah, people are for a, you know, innovation in, in, uh, in energy and in clean energy, uh, but not. But that's not what the Green New Deal is about. The Green New Deal talks about health care for everyone in the planet, a job for everyone. Uh, it has, I mean, it just has these absurd things. No carbon emissions in less than a decade at all. Zero. Nobody driving a car. We're all riding a horse. All right, we'll get this. We might, no one's riding a horse, but we also do still in 2019 have technical glitches. Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, we have figured out our technical difficulty. And we are very uh, grateful for your patience, sir. Thanks for calling in. We were talking about GM now in battle with President Trump. I know this is a busy day for you. It's a busy week. Where do things go from here? Well, we're not sure. I mean, it, you know, evident, uh, evidently the president wanted to inject himself. He saw the local labor uh, union uh, leader on Fox News 
didn't like something he said, and so he started getting involved, firing off tweets against the labor leader. Uh, so I, I don't know exactly where we are. I know we've been working closely with GM on repurposing that plant or getting someone else in there, but no no news as of yet. What would it be repurposed for? Because that, that was a big something we were talking about earlier in the show, is how do you go into towns like Youngstown, Ohio, which is very similar to where I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and convince folks that things have to be repurposed? Well, if there's a job at the end, I think this has been the folly with uh, job retraining, uh, you know, through campaigns that will train you for a new job, will train you for a new job. And those jobs never came. I think what's important is to say, hey, the job's coming. Here's how we're going to retrain you. I personally think we need to make a really strong move around electric vehicles. There's about two million electric vehicles now. There's going to be 30 million in the next 10 years. China owns about 40 percent of the market. We in the U.S. have 20 percent. I think this is a great opportunity for us to do public-private partnerships saying in America we want to dominate the electric vehicle market. And I, I hope that's the direction we could go in. People in Youngstown would be extremely excited about working in a plant that has that kind of future growth opportunities, and I hope we move down that road. I mean, we'll take a truck for sure that's going to get people back to work now, and if that doesn't work out, I think we go big into the future. Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio, joining us uh, on the phone. Uh, we're talking about his uh, the, the 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 latest fallout from the GM dis- decision to shut down their their uh, Lordstown plant. You know, I was struck by President Trump calling out uh, David Green. He is the Democrat UAW local chapter one 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 two president, David Green. And, and and I I spoke with him earlier today to get his take on, on just sort of how he's doing. And essentially, he's got this new headache because President Trump uh, tweeted out uh, earlier, he said, Democrat uh, UAW local 1112 President David Green ought to get his act together and produce. GM let our country down, but other much better car companies are coming into the U.S. in droves. I want action on Lordstown fast. Stop complaining and get the job done. Is David Green complaining, Congressman? I've I've not heard him complain. I think he's out there rallying the community. I, I just want your listeners and, and you that are there in the, in the studio to think about this. Here's a local labor leader. We had three shifts at this plant. Then it went down to two shifts. Now it's one plant. 1,700 workers just got news right after thinking that, that this car was no longer going to be made in Lordstown. Family, hundreds of families have moved out of the community. Some have split where the one parent goes to Michigan or Tennessee or somewhere else to work while the kids stay home. This has ripped our community apart. And Dave Green is in the middle of the pain, the anxiety, the uncertainty. Even if you left, did you make the right decision? He's been at the forefront of that. This is a, you know, a 46, 47-year-old kid who cares about his community cares about his union, cares about General Motors. And in the, in the middle of this, the president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world, comes in and kicks him in the teeth. Wow. Now, if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about Donald Trump, I, I don't know what else is out there. But so, that's, I mean, that's the kind of leader he is. 
So, so, well, well, help us define that. I mean, what what kind of leader, from your perspective, Congressman? And I've interviewed you several times, Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio. Uh, you know, you're representing uh, a, a constituency, and you know this, where you have folks who previously voted for Obama, then they voted for President Trump. I mean, you're you're at at ground zero of the economic argument right now of the political discourse. In America. So what type of leader do you think, as we start this 2020 cycle, people are really going to be looking for to navigate through these economic times? Who's going to bring us together? Uh, you know, we, we don't need to be focusing on people who are recalcitrant. We need to be focusing on the people who can move us forward. And that's building an economy where the workers are cut in on the deal. And the president of the United States should have had the union and the and management and GM all at, at the White House saying, how do we dominate the electric vehicle market? It's, it's, it's going to have huge potential, tens of millions of cars. Who's going to make the batteries to go in these cars? Who's going to do the, the fill-up stations or the new charge stations, which is going to be a trillion-dollar industry over the next 10 or 20 years? Who's going to dominate that? And how do we cut workers in on the deal? That's what this president, that, that was, I will tell you this, that was the hope for this president, right? He gave money yeah. to Democrats. You know, he, he supported Hillary Clinton in the past, but he was running as a Republican, but everybody thought he was an independent. He was going to pull the country together. He did not do that. Everyone thought he was going to do that. And those Obama voters who voted for him thought that he was going to do that. And now he's kicking their labor union leader in the teeth. So I think bringing people together around some big policy initiatives in the United States is what the president should be doing. And what's your message to Mary Barra, CEO of GM? How do you, th- how, how do you think she's handling all this? Well, my message to her would be very direct. And this is complicated, like most people's lives are. Like, I'm extremely upset at General Motors. Upset is the polite word I use. Um, but you know what? They still have car dealerships and that are hiring people in our community. They, we have a lot of pensioners uh, that, that draw General Motors pension in our community. And so we don't want General Motors to fail. We want them to be a strong company. I would just say, look, the pa- taxpayer helped you survive when you couldn't. This community has supported you since 1966. Cut us in on the future of General Motors. Go big. Go in electric vehicles. Whatever direction you're going in, cut us in on the deal. And let's just start to make capitalism work that's not just, just about the shareholder, but about the stakeholders, the yeah. workers, the environment, the supply chain. That's got to be the next phase of capitalism or it's just not going to work. The next phase of capitalism, Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat, uh, representing Youngstown, Ohio. You've, you've, you've said this publicly, but I, I will ask you, I mean, how does what's going on with GM factor into your decision about whether or not you will enter into the 2020 presidential race? Well, I, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say it, it had some effect on me, uh, you know, more so at a per, per, from a personal level. I mean, I've got relatives that work out at that plant and friends and watching this unravel. And I've been watching this for a long time. I mean, this is this is the failure of leadership. This is the failure of our, our government at the highest levels to really make a commitment to workers and, and, you know, businesses and communities like mine to say, look, you matter. You know, the industrial Midwest, you matter. You're not flyover country. You, you, you're part of the economy. And I see us missing the boat, missing opportunities to cut these people in. And and so that it has had an effect on me. I don't know what I'm going to end up doing. 
I think I need to make a decision here in, in a couple weeks. I'm continuing to go out to talk to people. But just emotionally, yeah, this has had a big impact on, on me and my family. And I got one more question for you in particular. As you describe Youngstown, Ohio, which I said, Congressman, very similar to Delaware County, Pennsylvania, where I grew up outside of Philadelphia. And I think a lot of times in cities, people mischaracterize that uh, that folks are incredibly fired up. I mean, they're motivated no matter what party they're in. They're not like, you know, sitting there with a glaze over their eyes. They want to work. No? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's exactly it. People want to work. And I always say, you know, I try to represent the people who take a shower after work. This, this idea that there's so many people that, that don't want to work, they want to draw a paycheck. I think that that is a political comment to try to make Democrats look like we're only for people who don't work. The vast majority of people want to go to work. They want to earn a living, but they want to earn a good living. And they want it, they want it to be fair. You know, these, these folks that worked out at General Motors, they work really, really hard for a real long time, and they can afford a small little boat or a small little cottage in addition to their house. They could send their kids to school. They didn't want they, they didn't want a yacht. They didn't want yeah. to, you know they didn't want to build a house on the lake necessarily that that was a mansion. They just want to they want a nice life. They want to work hard, play by the rules, and have a nice life. All right, and Cong- if given the opportunity, I think most people would, would take advantage of that. Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat representing Youngstown, Ohio, which, by the way, has great Italian food. People don't know that about Youngstown. Oh, yeah. There's some great <laughs> Italian food out there. As half Italian guy, I think I know a thing or two about it, if I do say so. And I love some of the Italian gravy that I get uh, out in Youngstown. Congressman, thanks for uh, being generous with your time on a very busy day. I'll talk with you uh, later on. Coming up, more on the fallout for GM and Boeing. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Fallout for big businesses today. General Motors versus President Trump. Big tech versus Democrats and Republicans following New Zealand and Boeing still under investigation. We just heard from Congressman Tim Ryan, a Democrat representing Youngstown, Ohio, uh, who told us about uh, how GM is impacting uh, his decision about whether or not he'll get into the 2020 presidential race. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Uh, My guests are Emily Tish Sussman, former VP of Campaigns for the Center for American Progress, a Democratic strategist and former staffer on the 08 Obama campaign, and Terry Sullivan, founding partner at Firehouse Strategies PR firm. He's the former presidential campaign manager to Senator Marco Rubio uh, during the 2016 campaign and has orchestrated hundreds, right, hundreds of campaigns, worked on hundreds of campaigns, uh, Republican campaigns uh, during uh, his career. Also an avid out, uh, hike, hiking, hiksman? Yeah, yeah. Hiksman? Is <laughs> hiksman. that a word? Yeah, you know what? It should be. It should be. It should be. I pre- we make up words sometimes on Sound On. News is made here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, that's the goal. We're not just reporting it. We're making no, it. No, you know, but but we like to, we like, I don't like to be the news. Like, ever, <laughs> actually. I would, yeah. But we just heard from, from Congressman, and, and I was struck, Terry, we were talking uh, just a, a couple of seconds ago. I was struck to see just how impacted this GM fallout is on Ground Zero in Youngstown, Ohio. And if you've never been to Youngstown, it really is the battleground illustration for every economic story that we talk about here at Bloomberg. 
Yeah, look, absolutely. And, and you, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Detroit as well, which is the exact same thing where you, you see the impact of, uh, of, of the auto industry's uh, decline over, over the years, at least in the United States. And uh, that has real political ramifications. And uh, both, both sides politically are trying to play it to their advantage. And so, Emily, as you look at as, as a staffer, as someone who knows the field uh, very well in terms of, of, of all of this, uh, and and I'll, I'm going to steal credit for what Terry said when when the mics were were down. Which essentially, Congressman Ryan would have to be going up against Biden's lane. No. Yeah, that really would be the the kind of the lane that he's running in. The, I guess Beto. Beto, kind of. Although he's running as more of a like tap into the young people kind of energy. Um, I think the difference between the di- the difference between where Ryan would run versus Biden. Um, I mean. Biden obviously has much bigger name recognition, more of like a visible track record. But Ryan actually is from Youngstown, right? Like he represents Youngstown, whereas Biden does not. Um, and so I imagine that actually could Biden be a bit of a contrast. Scranton. Right, right. I think he, I think right. he takes Scranton now. I think the whole Amtrak Northeast route can uh, he would claim <laughs> that now. Um, but I, I would see that as being a little bit of a contrast. And I think that Democrat, the thing that a lot of Democrats care the most about is who can beat Trump. And so people have but more than who aligns with their own personal uh, their own personal values. I think I think they care even more about the, who can beat Trump. And so people fall on different sides of how Biden would do that. All right. Emily Tish Sussman, a former staffer on the 08 Obama campaign, Terry Sullivan, uh, Rubio's presidential campaign manager. Let's let's like there's been so much 2020 banner. It's Monday, right? No, over 20. I was struck by Senator Klobuchar, uh, uh, who's kind of throwing some shade at Beto O'Rourke's comments to, I guess, Vanity Fair. He's on the cover of Vanity Fair with like He's uh, like an outdoorsman, not not like Terry. A heisman, a heisman, <laughs> but not a. He's on like is it a jeep? I don't. Maybe not a Chevy Cruze, but he's on Vanity Fair. What's the says, opposite of a heisman? A ridesman uh, in the car. I, I'm just. <laughs> but he, but he said he was born to run. Or he was born to do this. Was I mean, from your you know, as someone who worked on the Obama campaign in 08, kind of jump in here in terms of was that smart for. I mean, well, I mean, he himself, Beto himself admitted that it wasn't smart. And he said that he cringed when he saw it. There is something about the idea that, oh, they're breaking the mold. It feels so different, like a different kind of candidate. Well, I think there there is a comparable feeling, like an emotional feeling about Beto. And by the way, I'm not like a plug here for Beto, but I do see, I see my, I see, you know, I see voters, I see people in my circle, even staffers feeling like they feel an emotional attachment what's to him. What's his idea, though? Like, what's his what's his policy agenda? Well, I think that's been a, that was been a real question, especially the first week out on the stuff when he was out in Iowa, and people wanted real specifics. I mean, you know, he talked about baby bonds, which is actually Senator Booker's bill. Right. So, so where's Booker did, been, by the way? It, he so interestingly, he actually has been two weekends ago in New Hampshire, last weekend in Iowa. Interestingly, his crowds were actually the same size as Beto's, but because this is not his media moment, I, it was not covered in the same I've way. I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. Here's, <laughs> here's the deal. So you're saying there's a guy who's got no real policy, no real experience, <laughs> kind of a flake. Are who you says, comparing Beto yeah. to, to Trump? Whoa, I didn't even think about that. But how, what are the chances <laughs> something like that could actually win the nomina- nomination, much less the White House? Look, I, I mean, the guy plays to people's emotions, and that matters in modern politics more than anything else. Yeah. And you can have the best policies in the world, but you've got to play the motions and you've got to play the media game. Because to your point, I mean, that's, it's great that Cory Booker has all these crowds. But if a candidate falls in the woods and no one's there to put it on MSNBC, does it matter? 
Uh, and by the way, we've also seen this story before of a candidate who has great policies and has no emotional connection. And we also saw how that went. Right. So I, I do <laughs> want to get I do I do want to totally change change gears. We got like two minutes, but I do want to get both of your takes on what's going on with Boeing, uh, because this the investigation is continuing. But there seems to be bipartisan consensus that there needs to be uh, some some oversight into what exactly went wrong. But both of you advise businesses. Terry, I'll start with you. What would what does Boeing need to do? What does the FAA need to do? Uh, to, to really kind of understand the international regulations as all of this investigation continues. Yeah, it's really interesting. The FAA normally uh, calls balls and strikes. They use science to make these decisions. And in this case, they made a political decision. And it was by pressure from, from my sources. What I understand, uh, the president was very, very interested in this all weekend long in, in between tweets. And, uh, and, and so were a lot of senators on both sides of the aisle that were demanding that the FAA, I mean, they, they had, I mean, and maybe they should have uh, grounded the planes here, but they had absolutely no access to any information. It was all emotionally driven, and everyone's out there demanding the FAA ground uh, this plane. And so I think it's a really tough place for a corporation to be in, but that's where we're at now. All right, and do you think, all, we've got less than a minute, do you think ultimately you're gonna, we're going to see hearings on Capitol Hill with the FAA, no? It does feel likely. I mean, I'd say from a PR perspective, if you're a corporation right now, you just have to stop the bleeding, right? Like, yeah. you just have to stop creating new stories. Um, and the thing that I think that we have yet to see is how, if at all, the government shutdown and the FAA plays into that's, it. And that's a key, the politics there colliding. I want to thank Emily Tish sussman former VP of Campaigns for the Center for American Progress, a, a Democratic strategist, and of course, Terry Sullivan uh, at Firehouse Strategies and a uh, Republican strategist. That's it for me. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Tomorrow, more on GM. Thanks for listening. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.